the KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Guam's Fiscal Year 2022 Budget Act has been passed into law. It is the first in over two decades that was passed in a way that was unexpected of the U.S. Territory's executive branch. What does this mean for the next year and into the eve of an election cycle? We look at the fallout on this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DiMatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gumatautau here, the host of the podcast. That's It, That's All is brought to you by Get LLC, the consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm, serves public and private sector organizations in Micronesia. Do you need help with marketing your small business? Need access to energy efficient upgrades to your commercial facilities? These folks may have the answers. You can find Get LLC on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. Check out their website and contact them today. Hello to those listeners in Dallas, Texas. Also, greetings to those of you listening in Miami, Florida. The listenership is growing with each episode to include those now listening in Grovetown, Georgia. Can't forget the listeners across my island home, especially those in Dedido. Half a day to you all. Thanks for having That's It, That's All along with you as you go from one end of Paradise Guam to the other. Remember to download the podcast for your next hike, that special road trip, or onto your computers to take in the episodes. Thank you to our friends at RedCircle.com in distributing the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. Also, That's It, That's All can be found on the iHeartRadio app, and on Pandora. The podcast is also a part of the KUAM Podcast Network, an awesome collection of on-demand audio shows originating in Guam and Micronesia from the number one broadcast news and digital source of information in Guam and Micronesia. Like, subscribe, or follow right now on your favorite podcast app. The passing of Bill 55-36 by the Guam legislature at 11.13 p.m. on August 31st, 2021, was down to the wire. With 47 minutes to spare, senators delivered the Budget Act for fiscal year 2022 to the office of the governor. It was a 175-page document that for many policy wonks this podcaster spoke with say it is not really the best work of the 15 senators in Guam's legislative branch. It passed on a vote of 11 to 3, the three were from Guam's Republican minority. One Democrat was excused. For weeks, agencies went before lawmakers and argued their case. For days, cabinet members outlined their requirements and needs during the ongoing public health emergency. Hearings over many hours had lawmakers asking plenty of questions. The final document surely did not reflect the result of months of deliberations and adopted revenue 
of $706.8 million, a $68.1 million gap from last year. The fiscal year 2021 budget came short nearly $30 million. Total budget, $937.1 million. When we look at the bill as transmitted, the Guam Department of Education took a hit. Higher ed didn't fare much better with the University of Guam and Guam Community College taking cuts as well. The Guam Memorial Hospital, ground zero for the pandemic in Micronesia, had cuts to operational expenses for FY22. The Guam Department of Public Health, the COVID-19 response lead, cut. Revenue and taxation, administering plenty of American Rescue Act funds, did see an increase in their budget of $2 million. Guam's Department of Public Works, budget increase. Law enforcement, Guam Police Department, a slight reduction. Department of Corrections, cut. Guam Fire, saw an increase, very slight. In totality, when you look at all that work, all the testimony, all the number crunching, it is a confusing document that really doesn't reflect the current state of the government and the community today. It is like lawmakers in the U.S. territory were living in their own world. They put the flex on agencies that really needed all the help that they could get. While there is some expectation of plenty of federal assistance into GovGuam coffers, this budget, while mostly cut, has never been purported to be balanced, with little or no tourist activity to speak of, and federal monies for those deployed to Guam like drops in a bucket, and the Biden administration shifting the U.S. defense posture, this FY 2022 budget just seems to be a best guess than anything. Even in years when the island was ravaged by natural disaster, the Budget Act reflected that semblance of reality in Guam's economy and optimistic outlook for the days to come. This year, Bill 55-36 was really not that at all. Interestingly, the Guam judiciary, suffering from status quo budgets for the past four years, got an increase. Even the Guam legislature gave themselves a $482,000 raise. The governor's office, well, a status quo budget. Putting this all together, lawmakers called this budget, quote, an historic setting precedent. Based on what was laid out, the statement reminds me of the statement of a drunk guy during the holiday season thankful for eating all the good food and drinking the entire party under the table well before the dessert table was being laid out. The proverbial pats on the back are so strange from our lawmakers. I find it hard to understand. Taking claim for such a bad piece of public policy. What is worse than cutting health, education, and safety at a time when they truly needed to be prioritized? Other agencies did take cuts. They could have been deeper. The branches took raises. They don't even raise their own funds. With such a detached view of where our community has been for over a year to include spikes in COVID cases, healthcare workers pushed to their limits, and violent crime taking hold after months of layoffs in the private sector and federal assistance not making a dent in the needs of this American community, the fiscal year 2022 Budget Act was an underwhelming process that reflects a body that many historians will be critical of their work, expertise, and mostly their lack of listening skills for years to come. How can 
the 11 who passed the measure take kudos for a document that is not a document of the current times. But in one of the strangest of political moves in recent memory, the governor allowed the Budget Act to lapse into law. Lapse. Not sign. Not veto. Lapse. It defies logic that Governor Lou Leon Guerrero and her handlers allowed such a non-action to happen for the government of Guam. KUAM-TV reported on September 12, 2021, that in her transmittal letter to Speaker Therese Terlahi, the governor said among the reasons she didn't sign the measure was an increase of revenue projections by $20 million and lockboxing it to pay for tax refunds. The governor saying, quote, premature at best and reckless at worst, relying on a surplus that is not certain to occur, close quote. But there was no veto. The lack of an action has me and other political analysts scratching our heads. Why not send it back and get them to do their collective jobs and present a balanced budget, a product of what she sent to them back in the start of the year? The pandemic has changed a lot, but a budget policy could have been adjusted to match today's economic times. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. So what is being said about this lapsed budget act? The Guam Daily Post editorial staff wrote, quote, When the governor of Guam chooses to let a bill lapse into law without her signature, it's a pretty clear signal she's in a bind. Perhaps policy objections are outweighed by good intent. Maybe the bill creates law the governor doesn't want to put her name on, but knows will survive an override challenge. Close quote. The Pacific Daily News was of similar vein. On the eve of the passage on August 22, 2021, editorial staff there wrote, quote, Government officials also need to ensure the budget includes funding for economic growth and revitalization. If the visitor industry and the economy remain stagnant, that will translate into less money for the government in the form of fees and taxes. The community needs to see the petty political games end and have our elected officials work collaboratively on solutions that best benefit the entire island. Close quote. Having been on the executive branch end of the process, this particular Budget Act, now Public Law 36-54, was lapsed into law. In her transmittal letter, Governor Leon Guerrero wrote, quote, Transmitted herewith is substitute bill number 55-36, now Public Law 36-54, which I am allowing to lapse into law without my signature. It is the legislature's duty to set annual appropriations so that the government of Guam can provide critical services to our people. In passing substitute bill number 55-36-COR, the legislature has satisfied its duty, but unfortunately, specific provisions of the bill are concerning, especially considering we are still dealing with a global pandemic that has affected almost every aspect of our lives, including our financial state. 
However, taken as a whole, we will make this budget work as we have done with other budgets since taking office. Close quote. This is the most curious of actions, and the first paragraph says much. Let me break it down to what it kind of says. It says that senators did their job, the governor wasn't thrilled with parts of it, and that she will work with it in fiscal year 2022. For this observer, this was a pretty lame reason for not signing or vetoing that measure. The action is key. Taking an action is a definitive action and the role of the executive branch, the for sure check on the balance of power that's in our government today. Lapsing seems like an action, but it is more of a lack of an action. By signing, Governor Liu would have accepted the whole process. Now, she has had only three budgets in her term. She inherited one from her predecessor, former Governor Eddie Calvo. The second one she signed with such vigor and fanfare this third was a lapse and surely not a great sign for things to come between now and next September. She noted the legislature's duty. She had one too. She submitted a version in January, laid out the plan in her State of the Island address back in March, and then sent down her cabinet to defend the submission for the past six months. I'm a bit disappointed she did not veto this measure. If she had trouble with those concerning provisions, then she bent the knee to the 36th Guam legislature saying that she will make this budget work. There is no question that the next 12 months will be the most challenging to date. Yes, we did have and we still have a COVID-19 pandemic on our shores. But instead of poo-pooing the Budget Act, could have been replaced with a veto, a strong message to lawmakers to do their job and do it better considering the circumstances. Senators lambasted the governor for not providing the details of the revenue for the year. But funny, they adopted a number somehow calling it conservative. Sure, the governor's teams were front and center for most of the month of August to make this budget work. Folks in that branch who didn't pay attention to the cabinet will surely not get the same reception next year, which is an election year. The veto would have sent them back to the drawing board and they could have passed a budget that would truly reflect the conditions on island. The beaches and streets in our Tumon tourist district are empty. Lines are long for the food and cash all over the place. Job fairs are being had, but schools are closed, and things are just stuck because of the rising COVID cases. The highest at the recording of this podcast behind Fiji and New Caledonia here in the Pacific and right there with Washington and New Mexico in the United States in terms of total cases and deaths per 1,000. Well, a lapsed budget. Wow. That could be a campaign issue, especially as the election cycle will run right into the FY 2023 budget cycle. The days since the passage have been all quiet, but this lull before a political storm is a Bruin right before our very eyes. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs.
some notable fat on this pretty lean budget, $200,000 to fund the Guam Department of Agriculture Volunteer Conservation Officers Program, $400,000 to fund the Guam Animals in Need Spay and Neuter Program, another $100,000 for the Guam Fishermen's Co-op, $100,000 for a Guam Educator Classification and Compensation Study. With everyone locked down, do we really need to be sure folks aren't shooting pigs or deer illegally? With the pandemic hitting humans on island, why fix pets so they can't make more pets? With no visitors, why throw money pierside at Agatnya Bay? Could teachers use training in online instruction before a raise? Yes, there was a non-funded provision for a triennial land valuation in the budget and an unfunded training cycle for all law enforcement agencies. Minus a stupid report on how the governor will spend funds under the American Rescue Plan Act and a reduction of transfer authority, this fiscal year 2022 budget is just not a good policy document. It says a couple of things to me. Senators are really out of touch with their community. Cabinet members made their case. The financial teams shared the harsh reality of the next two years economically. As a taxpaying citizen and occasional political pundit, this budget really does suck. But it sucks for the Democratic leadership of the executive and legislative branches who are all up for re-election next year. This is not just poor leadership. This is horrible decision-making. In the face of the most overwhelming odds since World War II, this effort is proving to bring out the worst in our political leaders. Now, I've spent time with friends and family and even discussed on the air locally that decision-making is so far from the norm today. Taking a moment to fight for people who are truly suffering is not a bad thing today in America. Folks who can bring change choose to stand for more social issues than the tactical issues that face our community. We should be taking the fight to the pandemic. We should not have any other battle to take on. After Super Typhoon Chataan hit Guam back in July of 2002, community leaders then rallied $59.9 million in damage. This storm had eye passage over Anderson Air Force Base in Jigo, Guam. The National Weather Service, their instruments were damaged by the high winds. 5.9 inches of rain in one hour. Seemed like it went on forever. Then five months later, Super Typhoon Pongsongwal ripped out everything Chataan didn't destroy. The worst period of natural disaster in over 100 years in Guam and in Micronesia. Over 180 mile per hour winds. A damage and federal price tag that would later be rivaled by that from Hurricane Katrina three years later. And that was in the southern states in the United States. Now, where am I going with all of this? Faced with adversity, our community rose up and recovered. It was long. Folks suffered. Plenty of lessons learned. So why is this current public health emergency any different? And the response of policymakers can't be so off that the disconnection may prove to be a self-inflicted wound once the countries of the world pivot to the new normal. Now, I get it. It's a complex issue. But the Government of Guam Budget Act for FY 2022 will go down as one of the worst policies in a generation. Now, there is some hope. People on Guam can hold tight to their funds for at least the first quarter. 
the action will only make the economy hot into the new year. And well, maybe that might not be a good idea. That could be proved to be a little bit worse when they're holding on to it. Well, tourism can reopen safely, and it needs to. Without it, the damage to the economy will be even worse than first projected. Federal spend is pretty high, too. We have to begin talking with policymakers and give them the grim news that things are not as rosy as they think. They have to see things and compromise, but they have to take actions to match the days we are living in. It baffles the mind that the product that is the FY 2022 budget, maybe a supplemental budget next year might be needed. Who really knows? But what we know is this. Policymakers on Guam must not keep sleeping at the Gov Guam wheel of the big bus. They need to drive this big bus of Guam in Micronesia and into the world. They need to drive us in a straight line down a more fiscally responsible road. If not, the bus driven by policymakers in Guam will drop us off into the ocean and lives and families will be affected negatively for not just one fiscal year, but in future fiscal years to come. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatata. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatata. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand. Featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.